Be who you are. Dream what you really want to do. Then, do it. Be, dream, do. Living by Design, the radio show, is focused on people sharing their stories of how they were able to understand what they were really passionate about, had the courage to dream big, and then did it. Now, join the conversation. Well, hello there, listeners. Welcome to BeDreamDoRadio.com. Wonderful to have all of you here. This is your host, Dave Whitehorn, with my son, Sean. Morning. Oh, my gosh. You know, uh, I was really looking forward to coming up here today because we have a house full of painters. And here we come into the studio, and we see that they're painting right next to the studio here. And you know what? <laughs> Dave Pratt does such a great job with the sound and all that. The sound is wonderful. Robin, thank you so much. And we're really excited about having today's speaker, motivational speaker, woman advocate, and truly inspirational, Jennifer Nielsen, an Arizona native from Gilbert, Arizona. Welcome, Jennifer. Well, thank you. It's a pleasure to have you. Oh, I'm glad to be here. This is exciting. The view is amazing. Yeah, it's, uh, you know, it's really nice. Uh, when the weather's a little clearer, you can actually... Actually, that's open usually, right? You can open that, Robin. You take a look at that, and you can see Four Peaks. Well, I'm all about a good view. <laughs> so, uh, Jennifer, um, thank you for uh, coming to the show today. And um, as an Arizona native, uh, we read up a little bit about your background and whatnot. And uh, uh, you went to Arizona State. Yes, right? I did. So what did you study at ASU? Elementary education. Okay. So why did you do that? I know. Good question. I still ask myself. You know, I really was interested in psychology, okay. but at the time, it just my dad and, you know, in his wisdom and suggested that, yeah. you know, maybe a better option would be being a teacher where I could work on my kids' schedule, because being yeah. a mom is always mm-hmm. first and foremost on my mind. Right. So, and I had aunts that were teachers, and I love kids, but knowing what I know now, being in a classroom all day, every day with kids, I love them, like I said, but... <laughs> I'm a little bit of a free spirit. I I like to have more, you know, flexibility and right. I really love to interact with people and so and I love to understand why people do what they do and just, you know, people is my thing. I love connecting. I love mm-hmm. being around people. It's it's just it's what I love. So children are people too, but can't really have very deep conversations with children. So right. I do have five of my own and I now I have a daughter-in-law, so I have a six-year-old Clover. Okay. And then I have a 13-year-old son named Lincoln, a 17-year-old Griffin. My daughter Hadley is 20, and then I have a son that's almost 23, Hayden, and his wife is Casey. Oh, terrific. So we're spread out a little bit, so yeah, I'm yeah. kind of all over the map with my kids, but yeah. it's a lot of fun. Wonderful, wonderful. So, you know, you are a motivational speaker, and you do incredible workshops. Well, thank you. And you just had one here recently in France. So how did you go from elementary school teacher to this motivational speaker? Oh, that's a really good question because I didn't realize it was happening myself. I just have been on this path for for a very long time just trying to figure myself out and trying to find really true peace and connection. And as you're on a path like that and you're learning and you're growing and you're expanding, I'm just one of those people that I just want to share. Like if I have a really good recipe or a really good movie or my favorite restaurant, I want everyone to know about it. And so this, I, it's like my passion is to share what I've learned and what I've discovered with anyone who will listen pretty much. 
even my own children sometimes, they kind of get here sick of me talking about it. But I just, there's, there's so many tools and there's knowledge out there that can help you be the better version of yourself. And so for me, that's literally what motivated me. So we have this beautiful property that my parents, actually my, my extended family, they bought when I was just a baby. So it's been in our family 45 years, almost 46, and now I'm dating myself. <laughs> but it's where, the, where they, you know, we had this older ranch house on the property. And my parents' dream was to build a place to accommodate our very large family. Mm-hmm. I have 10 siblings in my family of origin. Right. Actually, I should say nine siblings. Siblings, there's 10 kids. And it's just a beautiful property. And to fit that many people, you can imagine it's, it's, it, it's large, <laughs> spacious. And um, as I've been doing this work and just figuring things out and just, you know, finding myself and just, you know, rediscovering this real pure joy in my life. I just wanted to be able to share that and then do that in a beautiful environment. And so I just felt so blessed to have this property that I could do that. And I, I, I've kind of done this backwards. I, I don't really even yet have a website, but just through word of mouth and my, my own, you know, personal Instagram accounts, that's where I would kind of reach out to people what I was doing and, it's just the whole saying, if you build it, they will come. And people came. My first, um, my first retreat, we had almost 50, it was 55 women. Yeah, that, that's wow. terrific. And, you know, you, you say you've done it backwards. I would suggest the opposite, that you actually did it the right way, and everyone else does it backwards. They feel like they need to have a website. They need to have, you know, a formal this, a formal that, a formal business plan and everything. And putting all that together... And then they say it's going to happen, but it doesn't. And what you've been able to do is you've been able to connect the need and your desire and your love for sharing with the people who have that need. So there's, make no mistake about it, you've done it the right way. Oh, well, that's a really good way to look at it. Thank you. Yeah, yeah. But it really is interesting when you provide, like you said, you find this need yeah. and, and you just provide a place for people to be vulnerable, to be safe, and just... It just brings out the best in everyone. And that first retreat, it was just just this amazing experience for me and to see just the joy and the possibilities that, opened, that it opened up for those women that came. It really exceeded my expectations. And when I do these retreats, I'm, it's always important to me that I kind of cover all the senses. We like right, to have great right. food. I love yeah. to have music. Okay. We had two amazing artists both times. We had um, McKenna Breinholt the first time. Uh-huh. Wow. And then Evie Claire came the second time. She was on America's Got Talent. And just really talented girls. And so we just kind of sat there with the fireplace and their microphone. And um, McKenna plays the guitar. Evie plays the piano. And uh-huh. just kind of just saying to us, just this intimate kind of concert, but more or less just just a really intimate experience. And so for me, it's really important to have all those elements. We always go on a hike. We have yoga. But really what I get the most excited about is just sharing what I've learned and helping women open up and just mm-hmm. to open up their minds, help them step out of their box mm-hmm. and to under, help them to understand that if they feel stuck in their life, there's a way to get out of it. Mm-hmm. And we have the power and the ability to create whatever we want in our lives. It's just making that choice and taking right. that step. Right. And it's available to all of us. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So you recently went to France. Talk to us about that. Oh, gosh. That might take the whole time. So 
I love traveling. Uh-huh. Anybody that knows me knows that that is just like I could talk all day about it. My yeah. kids call me the Energizer Bunny when we go traveling because it's just like Christmas morning for me. Every day we'll wake up and I'll be like, okay, guys, yeah. we're going to do this today. And they try yeah. to keep up with me. They're like, I need to take like Red Bull just to keep up with mom because I'm just like so excited. And <laughs> I just think of, you used the word curious when we were yeah, talking yeah. beforehand. Yeah, yeah, and I yeah, think yeah, that yeah. just kind of encompasses who I am. I'm a very curious sure. person about yeah, people, yeah. about places, about food, about culture, yeah. and just about myself. Like I've really become curious about myself. And as I've learned more about myself and learned to be okay with those parts of myself that maybe were, I was maybe uncomfortable with or things that I didn't know how to deal with, right. the more I become more comfortable with myself, now I'm more comfortable with those around me. And I can now open up and be able to just bring all this together, which is all my favorite things in one place, which happened in France. So we had 26 women on this retreat. Uh And again, that just started out small. I found a chateau. Right. And it just seemed like the perfect venue for what we needed. And I started out, well, we'll just, we'll we'll shoot for 14. And that was covering just the the actual chateau. Right. And then as the the need grew and people started signing up and this Mm -hmm. person wanted this person, it just, Mm -hmm. like, well, okay, we'll do 20. Mm -hmm. No more than 20. Mm -hmm. And then it just kept growing. And then I'm like, we'll just rent the whole chateau. So we ended up renting the farm, the cottages, the chateau. And I'm telling you, the women that came just added to the experience. They were all in. They were Uh all contributors. Uh They wanted more than just to see pretty things and pretty places. Mm -hmm. And there's nothing. Nothing I mean, I love traveling. I love seeing beautiful things. I'm like, I'm a travel addict. Right. But this just took it to that next level. And we would have classes out under this big, beautiful tree on the property overlooking this vineyards and this just the landscapes were just beautiful and we would just just talk and share and cry and laugh and connect and it was just I think when it was all said and done that was the most powerful life-changing part of it and the curriculum that I teach it's a heart-centered curriculum I call it becoming Mm heart-centered just really helps dive into very specific principles that can there's tools that help you actually find that connection with yourself that then helps yeah. you to connect with others around you. So there's yeah. a how, and I just have to say this really fast. We went on a hot air balloon ride. That was probably the highlight as far as... <laughs> I just have to get that out there. Wow. And what I have to tell you is the power of positive thinking is a real thing. Yeah. I mean, it really works because this guy kept telling me, you know, we haven't done a hot air balloon ride in four months. It has been raining for four months. Yeah. Just count on not going. I said, oh, no, we're going. Yeah, and he yeah. just, even the dev, he's, well, it could still rain tonight. You never know. I'm yeah, like, yeah. nope. And it was kind of raining that morning. And you don't go up in the rain just because you can't you see You can't early. with the weather. It's a yeah. safety issue. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so we show up, and sure enough, this we had a boat ride that morning. Uh-huh. Most, and it was beautiful because it was a little sprinkly and overcast and magical yeah. with the clouds. But by the time it was the hot air balloon ride, perfect weather. I'm like, see, we did it. And it was mm-hmm. amazing. And everybody, there was a few women that didn't go. Yeah. But for the most part, I think there was 24 of the 26 women did the hot air balloon ride over vineyards and castles and rivers. And it was just beautiful horses and sheep. And it was just, it was a highlight for me. And this was in Bordeaux, right? It's the Bordeaux region. So it's called yeah. the Dor- Dor- how do I say it wrong? Dorjon region? Dijon? Something like that. I know I'm saying it wrong and I can never remember the right way. But I don't speak French. D-I-J-O-N? It's D-O-R-D-G-O-N-E. Uh, Dorjani. Uh, okay. Yeah. 
of the yeah. so it's just this area where there's a lot of vineyards which yeah. is actually kind of funny because i don't drink alcohol so right, right, right. everywhere we went people it was uh-huh. we went to um saint emilian which is one of the one of the most beautiful cities that we went to uh-huh. it's just remarkable and that's about 20 minutes out of bordeaux and we ended up i had them on these little tuk-tuks these little electric cars. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah, so we would yeah, just yeah. pile in, and they would drive us through the vineyards yeah. and drive us through the little cobblestone uh-huh, streets. Uh-huh. And we'd get out and take lots of pictures and get back on and run through fields of flowers like we were teenagers again. I mean, it was quite fun. How, so, beautiful, how beautiful is that? I like to, when I travel, and especially when I'm planning for other people, uh-huh. I told many of the ladies there, I'm like, you realize that I've probably spent more time planning this retreat than I have actually being here. Because I want to make sure that we get the best yeah. of whatever wherever we're at has to offer. And so right, we did right. some really cool, interesting things and saw some really beautiful places. And it was, it, again, it was just above and beyond what I even had imagined it to be. So I'm that, really happy about that. that. That's terrific. That's just terrific. At what point in time did you sit down and realize this is what you wanted to do? Um, so I... It really just began with doing my own work. And I ended up in this, mm-hmm. it called, it's called the Muscle Testing Academy. It's put on by Steve Britton. He's Wait, the, excuse me, the, what's the academy? The Muscle Testing Academy. Okay. So what that is, it's ba- basically like behavioral kinesiology. Uh-huh. It's kind of an energy work that helps yeah. you clear out things. It gets to the deeper level, the blind spots. Uh-huh. And I had been going to Steve for probably 10 years. And I had counselor hopped. I mean, I don't know. I probably went to... A and, dozen what was, counselors. and what was Steve's last name? Britton. B-R-I-N-T-O-N. Okay. So it's really when I ended up with Steve mm-hmm. that he kind of helped me see things in a completely different light. Because right. I had lived my life from, from the vision or the perception of everything wrong was outside of me. Whether it was my husband, mm-hmm. whether it was sure. finances, or whether right. it was you know, my family, whatever it is. Like, we all, there's always something that's not working in our life, right? All out of your control. Out right. of your control. But in a lot yeah. of ways, it kind of is in your control because when you realize yeah. that as you change yourself, right. things around you change. Right. And Steve was the first person, and like I said, I had gone to my share of counselors mm-hmm. that really helped me understand that I was playing the victim role and that I had a role mm-hmm. in what wasn't working in my life. And he was the first person that was like, you know, you might have, you have a little anger. You have a little, I'm like, I'm not angry. And I wanted to punch him. I'm like, I'm not angry. <laughs> I'm not, listen but, to me. What are you talking about? <laughs> but really, and it, it was that, that moment yeah. as I sat there, my marriage was, there was some, um, I had a difficult marriage. You know, I came into my marriage with just some, 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 I, I don't want to call it just some even unknown issues. Right. And it was. As time went along and I realized what was playing out in my marriage and it was really making town the bad guy, it was really just things I needed to work on myself. And mm-hmm. so um, I had some trauma in my childhood. I, I, the more I talked to people and the more I worked with people, I realized right. it's, it's a lot more common than you think. Right. And I really wasn't fully aware of it. I had an idea that it, something had happened and mm-hmm. that things weren't quite right. And I mm-hmm. was, but it was as I was doing this work really into my 30s, that mm-hmm. I actually had full recollection of what had happened and the, the gravity of that. Oh, and around the same time, I had a family member that had similar memories. And this mm-hmm. took us on a whole other path of um, trying to get that resolved and realizing that this person, who's actually a family member, yeah. still had access to children. And that, yeah. that then is when really the rubber met the road. That was a very painful, mm-hmm. hard time in my life. Because mm-hmm. now not only did I have memories, and I realized how it impacted my life, 
and how it had changed everyone in my relationships, the way I saw myself, the way I was able to connect with people, or really not connect with people. Right. And, I've, and I, I know I'll repeat myself so many times, but if you're not connected with yourself, if you don't have love for yourself, you can't offer that. Mm-hmm. You can't, you, that, that can't um, be given to other people if you don't have it to give. And so it was through that um, really opening up those wounds that were really painful and really ugly mm-hmm. and addressing those and working through them. And then it eventually took us down a road that I didn't want to go um, about three or four years ago, we ended up going. I, I, I was the first of several very brave women in my family yeah. to go forward and press charges against it was my uncle. And right now, we're actually in the process. It takes a very long time. Mm-hmm. We watch TV, and everything's solved in an hour. And so right, I, I right. went to meet with this detective, and yeah. I just assumed that he'd be like, good job, and yeah. you're so brave. And yeah. really what it comes down to is they want to make sure that what you're saying is true sure. and that there's enough foundation to even do anything with it. Right. And, and so I didn't, I, I kind of felt a little bit violated in that whole process thinking that I was almost on trial or that I was being scrutinized. And mm-hmm. it was very difficult. I wasn't prepared for how hard it would be just to go forward because mm-hmm. getting to that place, you know, being walking to that detective's office, I thought that was the hardest thing that I'd ever have to go through. The spouse of my uncle's, my aunt, obviously, mm-hmm. a lady that I love and that I right. adore, right. that really took me under her wing as a little girl. My mom, we had 10 kids in my family, like I said, right. was spread pretty thin. And so the thought of bringing pain to her, to my cousins, to anybody, and to like, just opening this, this, this Pandora's box, it was very daunting, and it was something I did not want to do. Mm-hmm. But when the question was asked to me, can you promise that he's not doing this again? Do you know for sure that, he's, that he won't act out again? And it had been 30 years for me, but he was still had access to kids, my kids, grandkids, mm-hmm. kids at church. And I, I couldn't answer that. And so as we pressed charges, or I don't know even the right terminology, as I talked to the detective, and right, it took right. over a year, I think a year and a half in that process to go through, gather evidence, talk to right. you know, different people, and then they sent it to the county, the Maricopa County Attorney's Office. And it's, mm-hmm. I think it sat there for another year, year and a half. Right. And it was about three years later that they finally decided to press charges. That, that they then take it to the grand jury. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And um, I won't get into details because, again, we're, we have course. a trial in September. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But what I will say is this. He didn't stop. And we know that he didn't stop. Yeah. There are current victims. and So sad. So really sad, sad yeah. but... I think, you know, the power of words. Mm-hmm. Like we're here talking, we're sharing. Right. There's power in words and there's a power in using your voice for truth right. and for good. And through all of that, I just realized that's something that I hadn't utilized throughout my life because I was afraid to upset. I was afraid to offend. Right. I was afraid to get in trouble or to look bad. I was very much a perfectionist. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I like to say I'm a recovering perfectionist. Mm-hmm. But um, letting go of so much of that has just been so freeing. Just to let it go and just to let it go. <laughs> the name of my business is Let It Glow for a reason. But um, anyway, so thank you. <clears throat> yeah, I love that, Let It Glow. I love that. So thanks for sharing that. And so what you're saying is, is that the journey actually started with a great deal of tribulation. A lot of pain. Yeah. And I think the pain is what fuels my passion. Mm-hmm. And um, I have a daughter who is 20. She um, 
has a condition called Marfan syndrome. Right. And when she was five years old, she needed a, she felt her, her eyeglass examination, her, you know, at school, her, the eye point, you know, they do little tests at school. She was sent to a, an eye doctor, and I really didn't expect anything to come of that. Well, it turned out her dislocated lenses in her eyes were an indicator of this condition called okay. Marfan syndrome. Right, right. It's, a lig- it's a connective tissue disorder, so it affects mm-hmm. their heart, their back, their eyes, mm-hmm. just their whole system's just kind of a little bit off. And, right. and so through that whole experience, you know, I, I was a young mom, and I was just having a hard time with that she had to wear glasses. I was just throwing a little bit of a temper tantrum. The next thing I know, it's like, oh, my gosh, it's more than just her eyes. And mm-hmm. it just turned into this whole... Um, just this kind of a can of worms with her health. And I was just really struggled with that. And, you know, just the dreams and the visions, you know, what I had envisioned for her had right. just completely changed. And, you know, knowing that she would have to deal with this pain and just these different, you know, all the byproducts of this health condition. And so um, through that, we, I just, that, that was, your, I mean, I'm getting to the point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so for, it, through that whole experience, right. what, what kind of helped push me through was just to help to find purpose in that. And even as a little girl, Hadley um, just had this strong personality. She's six foot four and wishes she was six foot seven. I mean, she really is okay with who she <laughs> is. And this is coming from a mom who would like take pictures with my little peanut friends. And I'd always like pop my leg out and bend down so I could <laughs> look a little shorter. And, you know, and Hadley's never done that. And so, there was a time there where, you know, we were just trying to figure out her health and, you know, doctor hopping and going all around trying to figure things out. And there was just a lot of issues that yeah. she was struggling with that we had to kind of get to the bottom of. And my dad was involved with the, um, the Golden Roll. Oh, I can't remember the name of it now. Um, the ecumenical. I, I can't remember the name. Anyways, it was the, sen- the essence of it was the Golden Roll. And mm-hmm, that mm-hmm. different religions from the valley would meet together and... Um, just talk about, you know, being united under the golden rule, mm-hmm. which is something that's all Yeah. Inter- uh-huh. Yes, that's exactly. Yeah. And so through that, she was kind of inspired, and I'm sure I had a part in that, of, obviously, as her mom, but like doing this big carnival that would help raise money for kids that didn't have um, access to eye care. Right. And so through that, we were able to raise, I think it was around $5,000 at the time. So that was, she was eight, so that's been, I don't know, it's been quite a long while So ago. she was able to... Raise five thousand dollars at the yeah, age of Yeah, I think eight. it was five or six thousand dollars. Yeah, she would go into she was eight, so she would go into restaurants and just get gift cards and mm. just re, you know mm-hmm. couldn't say no to Hadley. I mean, if you know her, yeah. you'll know what yeah, I mean. She's yeah. great, and so <laughs> for me, that was just a way of finding purpose in our pain and in her you know heartache. And right, right. we were able then to, to go down to Mexico um, with Southwestern Eye Center and help you know use our money and our our, our funds in that way and give glasses to kids that needed them and do cataract surgeries for people that didn't, couldn't right. afford them. And right. so, um, and then a couple of years after that is when I decided to write my book, which is called rubber band girl. And again, it's just finding purpose in yeah, my pain. We saw that. Yeah. And that was a really hard process. Mm-hmm. I mean, books are a dime a dozen, right? And you just, the blood, sweat and tears that goes into those, you just mm-hmm. have no idea until you try to do it yourself. And right. so I think the way it all kind of ties together is if these experiences for me are meant to share and to learn and grow from, and if not, they're just pain. And so I want to make, you know, make it useful. And so writing the book was very therapeutic for me and going through and seeing the blessings and Hallie had an experience, you know, not long after 
she was diagnosed with, it was a week after her diagnosis of Marfan syndrome where she was ran over by a suburban. Oh, my god. It was goodness. a very traumatic, I mean, it, it, it could have gone very wrong. And it was an accident. She was riding her tricycle, just smiling, having fun. I mean, it was just one of those things that was an accident. But at that moment when that happened, all the things that were wrong, all my worries, all the what-ifs just disappeared. Because I realized, no matter what, she's here. And we can, whatever she is or whatever she isn't, mm-hmm. we've got her. And she's right. here. And that doesn't right. matter. And I think if we look at our lives that way, no matter what's going on, things aren't going to work out the way we want them to. That is one thing we can count on. Yeah. But there's always good and, and joy to be found in our lives. And that, as a young mom, taught me and has prepared me for really hard things that have come after that. That we can focus on what isn't working or what we're not getting or what's going wrong, or we can focus on the blessings and the abundance in our life. And really, that experience was a very, it really shaped me. And it really helped me see that the way we look at things determines our happiness. The way we view things, the way we, you know, sift through it. And, and so, as painful and as hard as that was, and it really was scary. There was a, I mean, she ended up being airvacked, and it was, you know, she had tire tracks on her stomach. It was very, very scary. But I feel like that prepared me for many, many hard things ahead in my life. And, and, and I'm grateful for that experience because it helped me understand the power of our mind. And, and so um, I think often trials do that to us or for us, right? Yeah, they help right, right. shape us. And, yeah. and there's things that I necessarily don't enjoy about my life that I would wish were different, but on the same token, I wouldn't be sitting here today if they hadn't happened. Right, so. right, right. Well, how inspirational, how inspirational to, um, to take the pain and through sharing it and helping others learn from your sharing, it's not just pain anymore. I think those are the words you said earlier. The purpose. Yeah. It's all purposeful. And the women in your retreats, are they are usually like single, married, with children, no children? Well, that's a really good question. So I love, like my ideal is to have like a very diverse group, Mm -hmm. um, different religions, different ages. And we're we're doing pretty good there. I mean, there's always this, you know, we have single ladies, we have young moms, Grandmas, some women that have never been married or had children, young mom, you know, middle-aged women like me with young children and old children. <laughs> we got them all. <laughs> but um, I really like the idea of having a diverse group. And, and in the, when we went to France, we ended up with a really diverse group of women. And I'd love to see how the, the women, the wiser women, to kind of take the, the younger ladies under their wings and just kind of encourage them and, you know, just lift them up and... And, 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 the, and the younger women brought such a fun energy to the group. And just, it was just, I love seeing that interaction. And I think we can learn so much from each other. Mm-hmm. And we live in a very divisive time. And if we are looking for a reason to, to not get along with someone or our differences, we will find it. What I really long for and really so much of what I do is helping us find the commonalities, reasons to connect and it's so powerful, and I think that one of the most powerful things you can do is to, to, uh, to be able to, to have a really healthy conversation with someone that sees things completely different than you do and still understand that they're an amazing person too and that we can be different and still both be amazing. And 
I think um, diversity is something that I really um, strive for in the work that I do in my retreats, in my workshops, because when we understand how different we are but how alike we are, I think that's, that's really a powerful connection. And I think that also is why I love traveling, because we have a, I've just lived in this little bubble, and you go out in the world, and you just see how many people are out there that love their families, that are trying to work or trying to make it or have their struggles, and yet it just looks so different than the way my life looks, but yet it still has meaning and it's still significant and it's still wonderful, and I, I just love to learn from other people. I love, I love just learning about different cultures, and I think I've been, I don't know how many, at least 40 countries. I don't know. I, haven't, I don't know exactly, but I've been to quite a few, and my list just grows the more I go. I just, I love just learning and just experiencing different things. So a lot of that, that is really based on the people. Like the people is, is really what, for me, always makes an amazing trip is when you really get to know the people Definitely. of where you're visiting. So anyway, thank you for asking. Yeah. Um, how, would, how would you compare that to like other, other groups in the similar field? Like it, it sounds way more like you're really supporting each other, communicating. Um, how would you compare it to like something where people are trying to fill a certain void like yoga or things like that? How would you? Well, I, that's, I think like for me, I, I'm, like, I'm like a bag of tricks, right? There's a lot of things that I, try, I do in my life to help bring me peace and contentment. And I think exercise and yoga is a very important thing. I think eating well. I think relationships, connections. I, for me, religion is very important. Mm-hmm. Um, but in order for that to really, like, sink in, it's like putting water in a bucket with a hole. It's just going to, like, it just, it's counterproductive, right? And I yeah. feel like so much of what I did to fill my bucket mm-hmm. for so much of my life, I did a lot of great things, and I was doing okay. But with that hole in that bucket, it just seemed to just come, come in, and it just went right out. Mm-hmm. And I think to sustain, like, my mental health, so to speak, because I definitely have struggled with anxiety. I've struggled with depression. Um, it, I don't want to call it work because that seems derogatory, but it takes effort. Mm-hmm. Every day I have to put in my effort to feel healthy and to feel good and to be connected. And, you know, I try to meditate. I read my scriptures. I journal. I tap. EFT I tapped this morning before I came just to make sure that I was just good like I, tr- I work out I, I'm still not the best eater I'm a lot better than I was I'm down to like one Mountain Dew a week instead of like five a day <laughs> so it's good baby steps but I just think that it's 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 all like we're in a, we're a being we're mind body mm-hmm. spirit and I think all elements are important but if you're not um, connected and if you don't have that healthy um, mindset you're not really able to fully embrace the, the, the blessings in your life. And I think that's what was so hard for me, being a perfectionist. And mm-hmm. I put in a lot of effort, and I tried really hard to be good and to do good things and to be happy, and I just wasn't. And it really, that's what took me down the road because I wanted more than just to appear happy and to just to have great things in my life. I wanted to really be happy and to, yeah. to be joy. And to, mm-hmm. and to feel light and to feel peace. And so that's what drives me. And I think there's a lot of good things that we can do in our lives. But ultimately that, for me, is the most important, is that spiritual, interpersonal connection. So, so it addresses it more directly, issues more directly yeah. for, for you and, and, and for the women. And, um, and 
how how is uh what is where do you find a reward in living in and serving for other people in this in that same aspect oh wow it is it has been sorry a little emotional one of the greatest joys of my life second to being a mom you know that's that is just i mean my kids are my world but to help people see that there's an other side to the pain, that they can work out of it. Because I've been there. And to help them see something different for themselves and for their lives. Like when you see that little light bulb go on, it's just, there, there really is nothing better. And um, I do private sessions with people where we're really able to dig in and get really deep and just find the blind spots. And I just... Um, it's just that pure love of Christ is the only way I can explain it. It's just to see each other through that, those pure eyes and to try to see women and men and just as their best selves. Because I really believe for the most part we're all trying our best to, to get through life and to do good things and to contribute and to have you know, healthy relationships. But um, I think as you see the best in others and as you see the best in yourself, that's you, you um, like love begets love, right? And so I think that for me is where I'm at right now. And just, I still, you know, have those little road bumps where there's things that kind of get me stuck or people that I'm like, oh gosh, this is a hard one. You know, <laughs> like it's not, it's not to say that I don't, I mean, I have to work through it constantly. Yeah. And, but I have the tools and the ability to get out of that hole. Whereas before I was just in the hole and I was like, okay, help, someone help me, (laughs) you know? Like I can get myself out of it and I know how to do that. And I want to help women to have that same ability. And men, I work with men too in my private sessions. My retreats are geared towards women. I do plan on doing a couple's retreat um, probably in the spring. And so, um, because I think if men and women are on the same page, it just, I mean, miracles really can happen. But truthfully, if you work on yourself, you will see shifts, and it will change things around you. It will change the relationships around you. And those ones that don't change, now you're in the better position to decide if you want them in your life or not. Right, right. <laughs> like, right. I'm moving along. If you're going to come with me, great. But I don't want to put myself back in toxic situations. And so mm-hmm. being a former, former people pleaser, that's been really tricky because I've had to, you know, not just move away from relationships that really weren't working for me and that weren't, in my better interest. And so, but for me, boundaries and just tapping into what feels right and what works for me and my family really is my priority. So. That's beautiful. Yeah. It's very important. I think people need to, to take that time in their life to, to really find a balance. And, and I think traveling is also my idea in that too. Oh, I'm, I'm definitely my coolest, best self when I'm traveling. My kids are just, <laughs> I feel like I'm, you know, like I said, a teenager again. I'm running through fields of flowers and going on hot air balloon rides. I mean, I love it. But um, I think the goal for me is to achieve that kind of freedom when I'm mm-hmm. home, just in the simple things of life. And yeah. I really have seen that evolve in my life. And it's pretty cool because I've always been a project person. Like the next project, whether it's my book or house remodel or trip or a wedding for my son. Like there's always things that we can be working on and those are great, beautiful distractions, but finding peace and the simplicity of life, Mm -hmm. that's the real deal. And that's what I'm really aiming for. And all the other stuff is just butter, right? If you can get that figured out. So, and I love butter. So (laughs) lots of butter, lots of sauces. I'm all about the sauces. (laughs) So you say you're a bag of tricks. Uh, you, You do, you exercise, you do yoga, 
what are some other things that you do to help? Uh, well, I just help try to be mindful and uh-huh. just, um, it's really like my mind is really what needs the most work <laughs> exercising. I'm <laughs> just kidding. It's like a muscle. You kind of have to train it. But I do try to do daily things to help keep me clear. Um, uh-huh. Like I talked about my little patterns in the morning. I try to do that. And I've been off with summer. Uh-huh. And, um, but I really, I mean, for, I would say probably an entire decade, I did not exercise. Mm-hmm. Like that's a long time, 10 years. Mm-hmm. And I'm tall. I can kind of get away with it. But my son left to go on a mission to Lima mm-hmm. Proof, our church. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And before that time, we were just living it up because I'm like, he's going to be gone for two years. So right, we, right, right. Eat, my little place is called Gecko Grill. I love Mexican food. Okay. So I was eating, you know, eating chips and salsa and Mountain Dew, and he leaves, and all of a sudden, I'm just not feeling very good. And I, yeah, yeah. I, I, I'm not at my best. I wasn't at my best self, let's just say that. <laughs> and it just around that time was when I started doing the training that I did to right. be able to facilitate and to be able to work with other people. Mm. And it was just through that that I did a vision board. And vision boards are super powerful. Mm-hmm. I love vision boards. And on my vision board was hike Wanu Picchu at Machu Picchu because we were going to be picking my son up from his mission. Mm-hmm. And let me just tell you, I don't hike. Like at girls camp, I'd be that girl that would be like moaning and groaning and right. like hiding out in the bathroom when it was time to go yeah, on the yeah. hike with my friends because right, I just right. did not like to hike. I really didn't like to exercise, to yeah, be honest. Yeah, yeah. And so it really pushed me in a way that – I was like, because again, if I get my mind on something, I'll do it. I have this little saying, if I'm inspired to do it, you can't stop me. If I'm not, you can't make me. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> and like, it works for me. Well said. <laughs> well said. But I wanted to hike that yeah. Machu Picchu. And I wanted, so Machu Picchu is the ruins. And there's this peak called Wanu Picchu that goes above. And it's, it's a little bit treacherous. Right. Mm-hmm. And so I wanted to do that. And so that motivated me. And so from there, the right people, like when you put on your vision board, it's like the right people just kind of come in your life. Like my cousin started this great program. And so I started working out with her. And then I started going on little hiking groups with my friends. Instead of just lunch dates, I'd be like, okay, guys, let's go hiking. Cause I love people. I love going to lunch dates. I love sure. doing fun sure. things. Yeah, I like yeah. to plan. So now we're doing hike dates and it was great. And so when it came time to do Machu Picchu, the Wanu Picchu hike, my son had been serving and walking every day for two years. He didn't have a vehicle. And my as part of his work, right? As yeah. part of his work. Yeah, yeah. And in, in some places they do have cars. And so he yeah. was in pretty decent health. And my yeah. husband, and yeah. we, he'd gone doing a little bit of the hiking with me to get ready, but not as much. Mm-hmm. But um, so, the day, you know, we were doing the hike up on Apichu, and my son, husband had, had hurt his foot. And so my son was like, I'll stay behind with dad a little bit. Just, and let me go on. And so I just kept going. I just couldn't stop. Can't stop me. Can't stop me. Keep going. Keep going. And I get to the top, and I was the first one to the top. And it was just so amazing and it was just so symbolic of just climbing this mountain and overcoming these <laughs> obstacles and it was just we did it and my husband and my son made yeah. it the other behind me a little bit and it was just funny because when we got home Hayden said you know mom I used dad as my excuse to stay behind but I couldn't keep up with you <laughs> how cool is that <laughs> and so I, I really I mean if you know me and my former self you really could appreciate that that is not naturally who I am yeah but I've really learned to love just being active, and I think part of that is being connected with your entire being and understanding right. that right. if I'm going to be healthy in my mind, I've got to be have a healthy body and a healthy spirit, and it's just it's all connected. And so, I think so much of that disconnect was not dealing with my trauma and not dealing with my pain and food right. and right. Mountain Dew, or they do the trick sometimes. I mean, I guess yeah. there's worse yeah. coping mechanisms than Mountain Dew, but it just <laughs> there's I, I want to take better care of myself and be. And feel better. So, 
it was it was a, it was a monumental moment for me to say the least. So and it was beautiful. So using your own words, uh, work on your body, mind, and spirit all mm-hmm. together help provide you with the tools to help you not only uh, know happiness but to be happy. Be happy. Yeah, I love that that yeah. distinction because yeah. Yeah. Um, that's really just becoming part of who you are, not yeah. something that you do. Yeah. So, I'm curious, your first workshop, I mean, walk us through how, you know, what your thoughts were, and, you know, you finally said, all right, this is what I'm going to do. Okay. What you felt, and, and, you know, kind of what, you know, what was your process, and, 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 you know, how you made it happen, that very first one. That very first retreat at the ranch. So, my, my, my... I, when I first started this, it was all heart-centered. It was yeah. the name of, it was, so it was a heart-centered retreat. Now everything uh-huh. is let it glow, except yeah. my curriculum is uh-huh. becoming heart-centered. Uh-huh. Because, again, it's just all about finding out that connection. Right. So I was actually sitting in the Muscle Testing Academy, mm-hmm. which is the training that I did to be able to do, like, it's like personal coaching, just mm-hmm. individual sessions. And mm-hmm. really, that's when so much of this transformation began. And I had this idea, like, oh, my gosh, we have this amazing ranch and there's like a, a level of like responsibility that comes when you have this beautiful place. Like to use this, my dad always taught us to be stewards right. over what we have. Right. And I was really excited about the notion of being able to share that because so often people know about this beautiful place, but realistically, I can't take 55 families to the ranch. Like it just right. can't happen, but I would love to be able to share it and open that up to people. And yeah. so right. that really got me excited. So I was sitting there, I'm like, okay. And once I have an idea, like, it probably took me two days. And I was like, I just, I just don't stop until it's done. And it's a little bit borderline OCD, I'll admit it. <laughs> so I just, again, you put it out there and the right people just come. It was just this beautiful thing to see, like, one of my really good friends is a caterer. And I called her and she's like, of course, I'd love to cater. And so... She did a wonderful job feeding all these women. That everything was homemade and delicious and fresh. And from the valley? Yeah, so she, she drove up from the valley. Oh Her name gosh. is Wendy Curtis. Wow, terrific. And this is like a really good friend of mine, somebody that yeah. I adore. So not only is she like a great cook, but yeah. she gets to hang out with us. And yeah. it's somebody that I love already. So that was amazing. And then, so the ranch, the, 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 that, would, that would probably be one of the biggest roadblocks if you didn't have the facility. Mm-hmm. because And that's why I was able to charge such a, like, I think my first, I was able to charge very little. I think the first retreat, I think it was $200 a person. Yeah. It's been a little while ago. For a day, for a day event? Two nights. For a two nights. Two nights. Two nights. Okay. Two nights. And then um, I just had friends that teach yoga. I'm like, would you want to come and teach yoga? Well, of course. And then I have friends that do massage. I'm like, do you want to come and teach, you know, do massage? Mm -hmm. And that was a little bit tricky because the 55 women trying to schedule massages, I wanted to pull my hair out when that was all done. <laughs> and we couldn't do very long massages because we had so many things planned. Yeah. So, so having massage created a lot of anxiety. I needed a massage for <laughs> a lot of stress. Yeah. when I was done because <laughs> it was hard. And I, wanted, and I really am that person that I want everyone to experience it sure. and have a wonderful time. And, you know, and so that was a little bit tricky. So the next time I had more massage therapists come. So, you know, that was one of the little things yeah, you just yeah, learn as you yeah. do these, these events. And then yeah. um, McKenna Breinholt was the first one that I had come seeing. And she's, I've known her since she was a little girl. And I just have been, you know, I've been her, one of her biggest fans. And I uh-huh. said, would you come and sing yeah. at my retreat? 
And she yeah. has this soulful, beautiful voice. Right. And so she just came, like I said, we had the fire going. She just sat on the chair and just like serenaded us for an hour or so. And the lights were dim. And this is your first, your first, this my is first your first retreat. retreat. Mm-hmm. Awesome. My first wow. retreat. And yeah. a little side note that was really fun yeah. is I, I like to really, like, I'm not motivated by making money. Like it just, I, like I said, if I'm not motivated, like you could say, I'll give you a million dollars and I won't do it if I'm not motivated or passionate about it. And like I said, it could be a good thing or a bad thing, but so I wanted to make it really nice for the women. And so my friend, um, Tracy, and her has a business partner, Mary. They have this company called Goosebumps, and they're these really cool blankets. And so I decided to get everyone their own blanket. They're like these big, awesome, just comfy blankets. And so I had one sitting by the little the table as you walk in as people were checking in for the retreat. Sweet. And yeah. one of the girls was like, oh, you think one of us will win one of those? Are you going to have like a raffle? <laughs> And little did she know that on her bed, when she'd walk in, she'd have a bag and she'd have and all these little treats. And McKenna did CDs for each, each, you know, attendee. And I can't remember what else was in there, a little pencil, you know. So they ended up with their own little, like, this, this goodie bag, which they weren't expecting. And so it was, right <laughs> so it was just right fun. It was. So they were so, inviting. yeah, it was just inviting. And it was just a symbolic, like, comfortable blanket. And so I did those both years, the blankets. And. And that's the trick is now what people expect. You're like, well, how do I outdo that? Well, you just don't outdo it. You just keep <laughs> doing what you're doing that works. And, yeah, I, yeah. and even the next year I had um, Evie Claire. And I don't know if you're familiar with her, but when I'm a little bit of a crier. But <laughs> I followed her on, I think it's America's Got Talent. And mm-hmm. during that time period, her dad had cancer. And I just watched her with just awe and adoration. And she was so talented. And to see her keep going, even after her dad had passed away, I was just like, okay, I mental note, she's awesome. Well, I'd already talked to McKenna about doing it again because she was incredible. And so we're just going to go, you know, just continue on and have her do the next retreat. Well, I just kept having this little like, oh, but Evie Claire, you know. I called to make the final arrangements a month before with McKenna and she couldn't do it due to, to, due to scheduling. It just right, didn't right. work out. Right. And immediately I called one of my really good friends that I knew was connected to Evie Claire, and I said, okay, can you make this happen? And within an hour I had Evie Claire signed up and ready to go, and she came. And just her very presence would have been just a delight. Right. But she's a young girl, teenage girl, 14, I, I believe. Oh, my. And she just sang for all of us older women and just – held her own and just inspired us and we were all in tears and just just very beautiful angelic voice and so it's just things like that when you put it out there the right people just come and I always have different speakers um one of the topics that I'm going to do every retreat is embracing plan b and I always just ask someone I asked this year um her name was Heather and she has a really awesome business um so she's more in the business world but at my at my retreat in France, I just asked a mom that had, had some really hard struggles in her marriage and had been able to overcome it. Mm-hmm. And so I just think embracing plan B, that topic is something I think we're all living plan. Like, I think I'm on plan Q or Z by now. But <laughs> just understanding that there's joy to be found even when life doesn't work out and finding joy in plan B. And so I think having a diverse group of speakers is really, I mean, is really, um, that always comes together really beautifully because I love to talk and I could talk all day, but I don't want to wear people out. So I like to bring in other, you know, just to give a different perspective. And 
my cousin has come both times, and it was really kind of cool because he was he's 11 days older than me, and we grew up on this ranch playing building forts, riding our quads, getting muddy, collecting crawdads, and to have him there by my side yeah. teaching. And his, his is called, um, he, he's like, a, he did the parenting kind of angle of things. He's the mm-hmm. principal at ALA um, oh. school in Gilbert. Yeah. And he's just a wealth of knowledge. And to have him there was just, just this kind of, I don't kind know, of surreal like a, moment. A, fu- a full circle full kind circle. of thing. Yeah, yeah. and yeah, I really yeah. admire him. And he's, yeah. so the people that have come, I can't really even take credit for because it's just, <laughs> just you put it out there and, and it, it just it, it just, just comes together and yeah. it's not without work or effort on my part but really the magnitude of how amazing it is i can take little credit for because it's be, it's due to the women that come and the people that come to speak and that, that contribute and it just creates this whole this kind of a magical experience and so um i don't know i love it wonderful when's your next workshop i'm starting my next workshop a week from, I think, this Wednesday. I'm trying to narrow it down. Everything's on my Let It Glow account on Instagram. <laughs> but um, let, like, lower dash it glow. But um, okay. I, I'm, I'm kind of wrestling right now with, I might not be able to do my fall retreat. I might have to do it in the spring at the ranch because my son, who is a senior in high school, plays football, and it's his senior year. Oh, of course, And yeah. it's really hard to leave and yeah. miss that mm-hmm. and so I've been wrestling with it mm-hmm. and um, at this point I'm leaning towards doing Saturday workshops weekly workshops and then doing my retreat in the spring and then mm-hmm. I will always do an, a, a, treat, a retreat abroad every June is when I'm going to do that right when the kids get out of school and this year I'm trying to decide if I'm going to go back to France I've been looking at the Cotswolds in England mm-hmm. I love England that was like my first love in traveling my dad served his mission there so he took me there when I was 15. Oh, wonderful. Kicking and screaming. <laughs> and then I came home crying and kicking and screaming because I didn't want to leave, you know. Yeah. I just fell in love with England. And so, but the, the setup in France is just so ideal. I don't know that I can match that. So I'm just trying to figure out right now. Yeah. I've kind of been taking a little time off this summer. I've been on vacation mode. So I'm kind of getting my, getting back into things. Getting your mojo so, back together. Yep, I am. But I'm excited because I, really doing the workshops, it just, it, it I, I, get so much out of it right and just to see that you know just the, the women and just to see mm. kind of that light bulb go on, go on mm. like i talked about it's just i love it so i really i'll definitely be doing workshops so so for those listeners that are out there who have some similar experiences with pain what uh, recommendations do you have for them well i was taught that pain is given mm-hmm. suffering is optional mm-hmm you can continue to suffer or you can reach out and get help. And I suffered a long time and I wallowed in my, my being a victim. And mm-hmm. I felt really validated in it because crappy things happened to me and they didn't right. happen to them. And right. it isn't fair. And it's his fault and this fault and that and the other and whatever. Right. And right. It, you're giving your power to someone else when you do mm-hmm. that. Mm-hmm. And I wanted to put the ball back in my court. You can put the ball back in your court. And I would suggest getting help. There's nothing wrong with getting therapy. And it's actually a very brave thing to do because it's it's acknowledging that you need help. That's always the first step. Mm-hmm. And so um, I think coming to my workshops or I, I feel like anywhere where you can plant that seed of hope mm-hmm. and learn tools 
Mm-hmm. There's, there's a lot of options out there to see things differently and to do things differently. And um, really my whole idea is to enlighten, inspire, and empower women to design their, their best life. Mm-hmm. And you can design your best life if you choose to do so. Mm-hmm. But you are that creator. And right. it's going to be up to you to dig into the pain. And one thing I will give you a little heads up on if you're on the, the beginning of this path is that it often gets worse before it gets better. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. I use the analogy of like I used to love to plant flowers until I just, it just gets hotter. I don't know. I think I'm getting older. But, <laughs> you know, you have to kind of get your hands dirty. you got to pull the weeds out. You can't just, you can't just go put flowers in a, in, a, in a bed without cleaning out the weeds. and Till get the, the soil. Till the soil. Yeah, get it yeah. ready. Prepare it. And for me, I had to get rid of a lot of weeds and get my hands dirty. Yeah. And they stayed dirty for a long time. It was not a quick fix. My kids really um, saw another side of me when I was going through this. And I was, had always been very strong and capable and high-functioning and when, you, when a lot of these things came out and I was faced with really dealing with some of the, this, my own darkness and the pain of my, of my past and the trauma, it just, it, it, t- it takes a toll. But on the other side of that, it's worth it. And, and don't be afraid of your own shadow. Don't get out of your own way. <laughs> you can do this. And yeah. um, I can't say that my life is pain-free because it isn't. But it doesn't have to be pain-free or trial-free or perfect to be happy. And I think that is really the takeaway that I would love to share with anybody. And, um, and truly, if I can do it, anybody can do it. Because I was a hot mess for a while. But it's in that that I was able to get out of that and really be the best version of myself. And I really like who I am today. I really do. And that's saying a lot because I couldn't always say that. And... Um, Jennifer, most most inspirational. Thank you ever so much. And tell us again how people can get in touch with you. Um, on my Let It Glow account. Let It Instagram. Glow Instagram. Instagram. Let It Glow Instagram. And my name, of course, is Jennifer Nielsen. I am working on a website right now. Like I said, I've kind of done things, flip-flopped a little bit. but And you know um, I disagreed with that. You disagreed, and I love that you said that because now I just feel like I need to just keep going. And yeah. Just every, and I really, and that's even what I tell people. Whatever it is, it is, and wherever you're at is helping you get where you need to be. So that's it's all right. good, right? That's so right. Absolutely. Thank you for reminding me. Yeah, no, no. And in this last minute that we have, how does this Be Dream Do message resonate with you? Oh, I love it. I think it's so powerful because... You have all the aspects of you decide who you want to be. Mm-hmm. We have these dreams, but dreaming isn't going to make it happen. We have to do something. Mm-hmm. And I think that is just the very essence of what I'm trying, the message I'm trying yeah, to share right. as well Clearly. Is, yeah. is dreams are amazing, mm-hmm. but we have to be willing to put in a little elbow grease too. Yeah. But there's also an element of you put it out there, miracles can happen. We don't have to do it all ourselves. Like, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. like just meeting up with you. It's exciting right, to meet right. someone else that right. has the same vision as me and, yeah. and to invite me in. It's just, yeah. it's, there's a lot of people out there that want to help you find your dreams, to fulfill your dreams, and to create a better life for yourself. And so you just have to be able to own it, want it, dream it, and then it can happen. So, Jennifer, thank you so much. For joining us today. Most inspirational story. And stay tuned next week uh, for Be Dream Do Radio. Same place, same time. Do what you love and love what you do.
Thank you for joining David and his guest. Make sure to catch Be, Dream, Do, Living by Design every week right here on StarWorldWideNetworks.com.